Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Making It Women in Film. I am your host Evita and today I am presenting you with the volume 2 of Community Highlights, this week featuring Jamie McPeak and Ellie Davies. Now Jamie is an American filmmaker and all over artistic, creative, uh, who's working on a movie called Flip of a Coin which is very much focused on destigmatizing specifically OCD uh, and the way it's been portrayed otherwise in the media. She herself also has OCD and it's just a really such an important story. I really want you guys to just go down and click on all of the links that will be down below, support the movie, support her um, and just follow along on her filmmaking journey. And after Jamie we have Ellie who's a UK based 16 year old production student uh, and she just shot her first first film called Aftermath which is about a boy uh, who's going through grief and it's also about mental health and how to reach out for help. Um, I really hope you guys enjoy this uh, and can just you know get to know some new filmmakers, reach out to them, watch their work, support them and again if you want to be part of the next volume of Community Highlights all you have to do is email me at makingitwomenfilm at gmail.com, introduce yourself, tell me about your passions and your projects and I'm sure we can get talking. This is open for any woman over the age of 16 so if this is something you're interested in um, just send me an email and I'll be in touch. Alright, let's jump right into this. First up we've got Jamie and also a uh, quick warning kind of we do like this whole episode is very much focused on mental health conditions and destigmatizing it and we very briefly talk about suicide no in no graphic detail however if you'd want to skip that um, of course just feel free to. Yes, I hope you guys enjoy this a lot because I enjoyed sitting down with these amazing filmmakers so, so very much. And I'm here with Jamie McPeak. How are you doing today? I'm fantastic. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Very excited to be here. I am too. Thank you so much. So for people who don't, don't already know who you are and aren't familiar with what you do. Can you just briefly yeah, introduce yourself? Yeah, so as said, I'm Jamie McPeak and I am a professional actress, dancer, model in United States. And I started recently branching out into filmmaking and I am directing my first film and while well, also producing it and also co-wrote it and also starring in it. So I'm kind of wearing multiple hats with that. <laughs> and it is all about breaking the stigma related to mental illness and trying to raise awareness for mental health and just trying to help those realize that they're not alone and that people do understand, especially like we live in such a stigmatized world especially with the social media and and everything so i'm excited to use my connections that i already have within the industry to make this come true exactly yeah that is so exciting and as anyone can clearly hear you are a very creative and artistic <laughs> person so i'm interested to know when did this all start for you have you always been a creative person yeah i started dancing at age five i'm 22 now so 17 years ago and then at age uh, around 10 is when i kind of knew that i wanted to pursue something professionally so that's when i started taking intensives and doing workshops being on competition teams and 
everything. And then at age 13, I kind of branched down to musical theater and started doing a lot of shows. And that's actually when I then was virtual schooled because I couldn't do shows and be in school at the same time. It was really hard. And then the same teacher who taught my stage acting class also taught film acting class. And I was like, you know what? Why not? That was like literally my reason. I'm like, I'm already doing the other three. So did that, fell in love with that and then pursued film acting route. So now I just kind of do a little bit of everything. Uh, I perform, if anyone's familiar with Bush Gardens, Tampa Bay, I've performed at the Florida Aquarium at Zoo Tampa, at just a bunch of different amusement parks and gigs. Yeah, it's really fun. And then I've been several TV shows up to date and it's just my passion. And then I had this idea about two years ago about the film that I wanted to create. And I was speaking to a friend of mine who had recently just moved to Atlanta. And I said, so what, like, cause I felt really stuck at one point. So I was like, well, what kind of advice? Cause I want to eventually move out of Florida and get to one of like the major cities. Like what advice would you give me before I make that big move? And he said, create your own content. So then that kind of made me realize, well, this idea that I had, maybe I should actually do something with it. And then it kind of all blossomed from there. That's like a very brief history of just kind of how one thing led to another throughout my life. I mean, yeah, that is so interesting because I feel like dancing is really a physical embodiment of artistic expression and other ways of storytelling. And it's interesting because I wouldn't naturally think like dancer, filmmaker. But when you go through yeah. that kind of line of dancing, theater, film, and then that just kind of tumbles on, it's very interesting. Yeah, it's, it was definitely when I was around 17 or 18, it was a really hard choice because I felt like I had to make a choice. Is it going to be pursuing like a dancing company, a dancing route, Broadway, or is it going to be actress, film actress? And then as I kind of got older, I realized I didn't really have to make a choice. I could still do everything but yeah it was it's definitely it's a it's a fun combination though it really is and then I grew up I grew up with um with obsessive compulsive disorder and anxiety and depression so performing was always my outlet growing up it was always my happy place like on the stage was where I felt invincible yeah yeah that's so nice um so how do you think your background in dance influences the way you act if you think there is an influence there, I think maybe something with the musicality, maybe. Yeah, dancing has helped me in so many ways with other aspects of my life, acting being one of them in the way that I am so aware of my body and I'm so aware of my movements. And it's actually made me in several films I've done, I've done my own stunts because it's made me able to learn choreography fast and be able just to understand like, how I mean, I could learn how to do like a fake fight scene in like five minutes because I just know how my body works. So it's definitely helpful. I remember the first time I was on camera, I was so used to dancing and stage being so big. And then the first time I was on camera, I like stood like a pencil and like didn't want to move my arms. And then I realized I could have some like fluidity. And that's when I kind of incorporated what I know with how my body works into film. But yeah, dancing helps with with everything I do. Honestly, it really does. 
Yeah, I definitely feel like creativity can be such a help for so many different things. And you're talking about it, especially being an outlet for OCD. Um, could you talk a bit more, mm -hmm. describe a bit more what that relationship is like? Yeah, that's a that's a deep relationship. <laughs> um, I actually started getting or uh, displaying symptoms for obsessive compulsive disorder at age four, and I was officially diagnosed at seven. And I, like I said, I started dancing around five, so it kind of always went hand in hand with me growing up, and it kind of became, it just kind of became like whenever I felt the overwhelmingness of my thoughts or the stress or anxiety of my thoughts i just kind of realized that dancing was a way to kind of relieve them and so i kind of just like grew up with that like intertwinedness of of it if that makes any kind of sense <laughs> um because i've had them both my whole life so but i mean definitely performing in general though has been my saving grace has definitely been the stress inducer a lot of times because this industry can be really stressful, <laughs> but, but all in all, it's been a, a saving grace because um, I've definitely dealt with my fair share of inner demons and still do. And that's why I really want to make this film too, because a lot of people just looking at me or talking to me, you know, I'm a very down to earth person, a very bubbly person and no one ever really, I always have the kind of person who always has a smile on my face. So no one ever really like thinks, you know, beyond that. So uh, th I know that's how a lot of people are. And just want to make a difference with that. No, no, exactly. And uh, let's talk about Flip of a Coin then, which is the movie you're working on. It sounds yeah. really incredible. And I just want to talk about, about the way that you're working towards destigmatizing how mental health conditions are portrayed. Because while there is a slow wave of awareness happening on the internet, at least, um, it's still not every condition that gets that kind of awareness either. I, uh, I think pop culture affects the way we think about everything. Um, I think that's just kind of inherent to our culture today. As someone who hasn't really known anyone who has OCD, um, I had a very stereotypical view of the um, disorder up until I started researching it myself a bit more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is my biggest pet peeve. <laughs> and then it's so, it's just, yeah, it's so infuriating when you then learn that you've just been shown these caricatures. And that they've just yeah. been shown over and over and over again, and that these stereotypes have just been reperpetrated time and time again. It's so tiring. Yeah, I, I actually, I was at a photo shoot for a bridal company, and the, the photographer's husband was there. And I usually never have, I'm usually pretty good at masking my, if I have like an anxiety or OCD attack, I'm usually good at masking it because years of practice. <laughs> but um something I can't remember what even happened at the photo shoot, but something happened and I had like a little like freak out moment and I guess the husband saw it so he came and asked me you know is everything okay and I just said I was, I was like brushing it off like yeah it's just like an anxiety attack I'm fine I'm good and then he goes like oh like do you have anxiety I go I have OCD and then he goes oh so you like to be neat what's wrong with that and I like oof oof <laughs> I'm so mad so mad 
Yeah, especially, you know, being a person who deals with it and seeing how, I mean, so many people that I've talked to about, it, especially since I started making Clip of a Coin, which, yeah, is, is the film's name. Um, so many people that, because I usually was very private with my OCD. I never, because again, I believe the stigma. I, again, as being a performer and stuff, my, my biggest fear with kind of coming out about my mental health was that I was going to get fired, that they wouldn't think I would be reliable. They, they think they would think I would be irresponsible or something. That was my biggest fear. But then once I did start coming out more about it, the more people I talked to, the more people I realized really did believe that OCD was just tidying things up and washing your hands and making sure your room is clean, which I mean, my room is a freaking mess right now. I do, I do not have that type of OCD. <laughs> um, but I think it's very important. And I think you're absolutely right that the media is, I mean, as great as it can be with certain things with reaching out to more people and people from all over, it can definitely be one-sided in the way that you only, you only see a very certain aspect of it. I mean, a lot of people think that all schizophrenics are violent and that's, you know, that's not true. And that all bipolar people are manic and that's not true. And it's just, it's so many, I think it just comes from the root that we just as a society need to be educated more of what exactly they are. And I mean, I, I think that could even go as far as, you know, in schools having a mental health class and yeah, I think, yeah, I just think it's a, it's a lack of understanding really because they're, I mean, they are, when you don't deal with it, you can't really imagine it, but, um, it, it definitely shouldn't, I mean, if it's going to be portrayed on the media, it should at least be, it should at least not be stigmatized like it is, is my thought on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I feel like when it comes to, just like you said, uh, with people who have different mental health conditions, there is this stigma of being violent. Meanwhile, the fact is that people with mental health conditions are more mm -hmm. likely to be the victims of violence. And it's just like so messed up how that's yeah. been the image that's been pushed. So with your movie, what are some ways and things that you're trying to change in the way that OCD specifically is portrayed in the media? Yeah, yeah. So I have, I do have a contract, so I'm allowed to like talk about my movie. Um, I have a family full of lawyers, so that's perk. <laughs> so my movie, what it is, is it, it goes through kind of like a dual, it's like a dual um, scene in the way that the first half of it, you see this girl who I portray kind of, you know, going about her life. You're seeing it from an external point of view. So from society's point of view to her, she's a very down to earth, bubbly girl, kind of, kind of like me. It's not exactly based on on me but more just like the premise of you know I again I was always smiley I always got great grades in school I always was a popular girl growing up so that's how she kind of is you know very popular gets good grades um wants to apply to all these Ivy League schools and supporting family and a, a really loving boyfriend and you know everyone anyone looking at her would would think that she just kind of had it all made for her she has her future set and everything so you you the first half of the movie you see her kind of going through her life and then all of a sudden and you do see like some signs throughout the first half but because no one knows what the movie's gonna kind of be you don't notice again don't notice them as well like she goes into the bathroom for long periods of times or she'll like 
stop texting for like what like a long period of time she'll get like withdrawn and stuff and again her friends don't really notice that because she always like comes back and it's always like oh I'm fine um but then at the end of the first half of the movie she uh she commits suicide and like the audience is like what <laughs> you know and then the second half starts and it, she wakes up reliving that day except this time it's through her point of view so it's kind of going through you know it shows all those scenes where she disappeared and what she did when she disappeared and it shows like how she was interpreting all these great things that were happening to her she wasn't able to really interpret them as great as they seem because she was living in like the darkness of her head you know I kind of I say that's kind of like looking at life with a broken lens so you kind of see that broken lens in the second half and then the the final part of the movie is the reality that she did unfortunately you know lose her life and really just talking about that that is not the way that you're not alone that you should reach out to people that you should get help and that just again just all about suicide prevention just you know if she would have talked to her family if she would have talked to her friends if she would have you know not let the stigma of it break her then so again it's an extreme case of it but it's trying to make that point that just talk to people because i mean about i think it's 64 percent of people that are diagnosed with a mental illness don't get help just like just because of the stigma and to me that's devastating um, so it really promotes, yeah, reaching out, talking about it, suicide prevention, and it's helping those that do suffer realize that they're not alone, but it's also helping those who, let's say, don't have a, a mental health problem, but, you know, either relate to it or, or want to know more, they can kind of get a sense of what it's like as well as maybe what signs and symptoms to look out for if you see someone doing these signs and symptoms so it's a supposed to be a very educational movie in that way as well but yeah it's a, it's a touchy it's a touchy movie and it's you know for me again having experienced a lot of that it is kind of almost like ner like nervous to make because i really i want to portray i don't i want to portray it the very best that i can so that everyone can get the most out of it yeah i mean that just it sounds incredibly important um, and vulnerable too. As a filmmaker, I'm sure that's a an emotional journey too. Yeah, yeah. When I I have a good friend of mine who went to college and graduated with a degree in screenplay writing, so I was lucky enough to have her write the script. And when I first read the script, I was bawling my eyes out. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, but. I really, really want to make it happen. But of course, like with COVID and everything, it's been, it's been interesting. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And how can people support you, support the movie if they, uh, if they want to? Yeah, so I, I'm on all media besides Twitter. So on Facebook and on um, Instagram, it's flip of a coin film. And it's all one word. And I also opened a support group during COVID, I, you know, since I couldn't make the movie, I was like, well, let's focus on the community aspect. So I opened up a support group on Facebook and that's just called Flip of a Coin Support Group. And that has about 500 members now, which I'm really happy about. And then I do have a GoFundMe, which also does include like my entire story and what I've been through and, and kind of reiterates why I want to make it. And that's 
so after the GoFundMe, it's it's flip of a coin film, but in between each word is a dash. So it's like flip dash of dash a dash coin dash film. <laughs> um, and then my and then I'm and then I'm on social media of uh, Jamie McPeak. I spell my name weirdly though, J A I M I M C P E E K, and I'm also on all the socials. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'll make sure to link everything down below. Uh, I really think this is just something we need so much more of. And I'm so grateful for what you're doing, um, for the focus that you're having with your movie as well, and really sending the message of reaching out for help. Um, because it can be so daunting. Um, I, I've been there myself, and it was the darkest time of my life. But because of this stigma, I... I didn't want to reach out I, I thought no one's going to believe me anyway so what's the point but mm -hmm. I can't even imagine like how much better um my personal yeah. mental health journey would have been had I taken that step and just reached out to somebody and opened up yeah and it is it is scary because you're dealing with something that you can't see something that you can't it's I mean it's yourself I mean it's it's hard it's very it's very hard and that's why i actually just made a post actually on on my the flip of coin instagram saying that i really don't think we understand how strong we really are to be able to wake up each day and go through our day while dealing with with whatever you're dealing with inside your head you know it's it's a huge victory to be able to do that it really is all right and it is time for our get to know you questions so jamie tell me what do cinema what what does cinema what does film movies mean to you movies mean that's a good question i like know i want to say it. i don't know how to say it they're a way of is kind of escaping and going to another reality which i think is so cool you know you can go to a different world you can go i mean if you want to go inside the marvel movies and be a superhero you can go and do that you can kind of just do whatever i think it's such a cool like parallel universe that you can kind of enter for a few hours yeah 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 i always oh god i always love just hearing what people say to this because it means so many different things to so many different people um but what are your top three movies like if you had to tell someone to watch at least three movies which ones would you pick um <laughs> i have so many Oh goodness. Um, there is a classic that I like. It's kind it's it's a little bit cheesier because it was made made back in like 2006, but it's called 1408 and it's based on a Stephen King book and that's really good. Um, I'm a huge sucker for psychological thrillers, so I love Shutter Island. Yeah, such a good film. And ooh, third one. Ooh, that's hard. I'm suddenly forgetting all the movies I've ever watched. Uh, actually, no. Third one, I think third one would be Greatest Showman. That's just a really? feel good, happy movie. Yeah, I love that movie. I know I went from like the dark Shutter Island, <laughs> fourteen oh eight to Greatest Showman. Got to balance love it out. It. Love it. <laughs> love the range. And uh, how about filmmakers? Give me a top three directors. I love Martin Scorsese. I love 
even though he can be violent, I think Quentin Tarantino's filmmaking is just so unique. So I really like him. And then, oh my goodness. Again, so many, so many. Um, I'm trying to think that, I don't remember his name. Let me look him up real quick. There's a director that just came out with another movie. Um, what is his name? Oh, his name is, I don't even really know how to pronounce it, but he has great films. N his name is Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan? Oh, oh uh, M. Night Shyamalan? Yeah. Yeah, he has great, great movies. So... I guess those would be my top three, but I could go on and on. There's so many great ones out there. That uh, is a great list. Um, so is there any last message you'd want to give to anyone out there listening right now? Just, you know, if you are someone who is dealing with any kind of, you know, mental health issue, just know that you're not alone and that it's okay to feel what you're feeling and it's definitely okay to feel kind of trapped by the stigma, but just don't let that, don't let that overcome you, you know, overcome it. I mean, it, it is scary. And unfortunately, the only way that we're going to break the stigma is by talking about it. So even though it's scary, you know, what's life without risk? So you definitely, you know, go and talk about it and make your voice heard. And, you know, like I said, um, definitely, you know, follow the page and, you know, support and you can always message me privately. And if you ever, you know, want to talk, you're not ready to come out like fully to let's say like your parents or your friends, you know, I'm definitely, I'm not, you know, a therapist, but I'm, I'm definitely a survivor and I know what it's like. So reach out to those kind of people as well and just hang in there and, and be strong and you're worth so much more than whatever your mind tells you. I promise that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Jamie. You're welcome. Thank you. And I'm here with Ellie. Ellie, how are you doing today? Thank you. How are you? Very good. Uh, so you reached out to me and I'm very delighted that you did. Now, Ellie, you study uh, creative media production. Isn't that right? Yeah, that's very true. And so you clearly, you know, have a, a big interest for this, and I des definitely saw that when you wrote to me as well. Uh, but I'm curious to know then, uh, when do you think this all began for you? When do you think you first, do you have a memory of when you were first, like, falling in love with film? So I would say that from when I was a kid, I used to, and it's kind of like a weird one to get into the film industry, but I used to always love Barbie films. I'm I always be obsessed with them. <laughs> But then it kind of got to the stage where I was like getting into like behind the scenes of it. Then from that, it's pretty much just been every film that I've watched, even if it's by myself or if I'm with my sister or by my family or with anyone else. I'll be like, have like an obsession with it and then go behind the scenes and watch all the behind the scenes of it. So it's kind of just progressed from when I was a kid, but they definitely started with just like normal kids films. So nothing too extravagant. It kind of just got to the stage where I wanted to like look. Yeah, like look behind the curtain. Um, did you have the same thing? I, God, I really miss DVDs just because they've always had those like um, 
director's cut and director's commentary and behind the scenes and deleted scenes and all that background stuff. Did you used to watch that as well? Yeah, I used to always watch, I used to always buy DVDs and watch the behind the scenes. Even if I couldn't, even if I didn't have the DVD, I would go and on YouTube and find it as well. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you have a movie, do you think you have a movie where you realise that this is something you really want to do? One of my favourite films is the Rocky Horror Picture Show from 1975. I would say, and Pulp Fiction as well. And I think Quentin Tarantino is a real standout for me. And it's definitely the ones that made me feel like I'm definitely going to do this as a job. Rocky Horror, though, it was something about the acting, the costumes, the time and everything of, like, it's just perfect how the story's written. And that was, like, a proper standout film for me. And that's one that I watched when I was, like, eight years old. It's a bit weird if you've watched the Rock Horror show and you know what happened in it for an eight-year-old to watch it. I, it kind of, like, stuck with me. So it's kind of been, like, a film that I really enjoyed. And films like The Goonies and Grease and all those kind of films that have, that are really stand out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so what do you think it is about Tarantino for you? I mean, you mentioned Pulp Fiction, but I'm sure there are a lot of other of his movies that you're also keen on. What do you think it's about his visual storytelling that's really appealing to you? I've had with my class and my friend um, in class all the time. But it's, one, it seems like a, it's, it's very like a low-key thing, but the lighting and the colour and everything, everything's just always so bold. And it always fits the kind of scene as well. The directing style, the writing style, especially, because writing is something that I'm very interested in film-wise. Everything kind of fits into placing you kind of, as the story goes on, you realise the little details in the plot. Quentin Tarantino's filmmaking def- is definitely the kind of directing that gives you an actual live reaction. Because like, I've watched so many, I've watched the Tarantino film so many times, and every single person that I've watched it with in every single time, there's always been a reaction to it. He's definitely my, he, he's my favourite director out of all the directors in Hollywood, just because everything fits into place and it's so, like I said, like, I'm going to say the way low-key because it's just not exaggerated at all. So it's just like the tiny little details that fit in together. Yeah, yeah, and I think you definitely hit the nail right on the head there with the reactionary um, nature of his work because I feel like even if you don't like Tarantino, you can't watch his movies and be passive. So, Ellie, I mean, you've talked about, you know, this love for how everything connects in movies and creates this almost bulletproof universe uh, but what would you say movies mean to you yeah the scale of everything is different and how there's so many little jobs that fit into one another and if you take one out then it doesn't work at all because everyone needs each other at one point yeah so uh, let's talk about your movie aftermath it's uh, a very nice short film um can you talk a bit about the process the concept like what was the what was it like making it oh <laughs> I'm quite, I'm one of the youngest in my class, so it was really weird for me. And I speak, well, I'm not like a quiet one in my class anyway. You could ask anyone in my class, I'd be like, yeah, she always puts a hand up. But 
it was weird for me to kind of stand there and like right I need to do this and especially when um I had an idea in my head and of how I wanted the scene to go and how I wanted that to sweat and they didn't do it they did it similar but I could see like a different path they were taking I was like I was like I needed just the one bit so I had to like it was weird for me having to like like emphasize it right I want you to do it this way but the way that I came across the way that we I managed to get over that was to just talk to them saying imagine this happening to you and imagine how you would react so that helped them and that helps actually get the scene and the acting out that um I thought was right for the scene yeah yeah no I totally get that I uh, used to be the youngest in my class as well um and it can definitely be hard to be assertive sometimes because I think there's just an internal uh you just struggle with an internal idea that everyone's much more experienced than you even though you're in the same class so you're not (laughs) um but it's definitely a tough thing um but what would you say you learned most from this experience definitely that I have more confidence than I thought I was thinking when I was I was thinking I was like now I'm gonna I was like I might not do as well like I might not turn out how I want so I wasn't getting my hopes too much but then when it got to it and it got to actually film it because I'd I'd done that project before but I wasn't I was kind of there and I was just kind of like designing for myself because the only ones I did before it was just tiny little class projects this was like a, a major one so and I was acting that as well so I was like I'll just sign I was just deciding for myself and everyone else kind of went along with it as well so we all kind of worked together but this one was like my project how how I wanted it how I wanted the writing to be and how I wanted people to move so what I, I definitely learned that I was more confident than I thought and I've been told that and now that I've been told it I realize it a lot more now it wasn't just me that realised it as well. It was my tutors and my teachers, and they were like, "You're more confident than you than you think." But confidence that my writing skill is is like better, way better than I thought it was. Even though I used to I used to creative write all the time in school, and I used to get always grades in that, but. Writing a film is so different to writing a story. Yeah, so your movie Aftermath, it's obviously about mental health. It's about reaching out for help. Um, it's about grief. Um, what kind of movies do you want to tell in your work now and your future career, Ellie? As a filmmaker, I am. I love like heightened films, like comedies and coming-of-age films. The ones that truly kind of like stay with me, especially growing up as well, were like mystery films, but also with like the mental health kind of tones. So you've talked already about, you know, your love for Tarantino, but who are some other filmmakers, uh, say your top three filmmakers that you also uh, really enjoy? Edgar Wright was a, was a one that came to mind as well. I... I have watched Shaun of the Dead a hundred million times. I watched Baby Driver a hundred million times. Baby Driver was literally the film that got me into college. I had to analyse, we had to choose a film that we wanted to write about and I chose Baby Driver because it was 
as soon as I was given that brief, a hundred, uh, like that one was the first idea that came to my head just because if, if I think of baby driver, I think of so many things within it, such as it's just, it sounds weird, it's just a movie that satisfies me because the first scene, especially when he's walking through the street and he's getting coffee and the music's playing in the background, I think it's just so smooth. And I absolutely like, I love, I absolutely love Shaun of the Dead and the Corner trilogy. The film is the film trilogy and it's a director that we talk about all the time in school, in college as well. But the way that certain things, like the music especially, I was actually having a conversation with my sister the other day. I was like, I was like, I was like, Abby, sit down and watch this scene. I was like, listen to how perfectly the music ends at this part. And there was one part in the beginning where he's literally nodding along to the music or he's saying the lyrics in a conversation. It's just so smooth and satisfying and it just fits perfectly. I think he's just such a visual director. I think visual direct visual directors are definitely my favourite. So like Sam Levinson, who did Euphoria. Yeah, no, I completely relate to that. I think that's what's so magical about movies was when directors really manage to make you feel like you're within that world. So uh, you've already mentioned that you know you're very interested in keeping on studying production and screenwriting. Um, but what would you say you're like? dreams your goals um as a filmmaker is being goes to definitely make a film 100% I have some ideas I'm literally just about to start writing a script me and my friend me and my like one of my best friends in college we have some ideas that we bounce off each other and He's a massive Quentin Tarantino um, film fan like I am. And we have a lot of similar film tastes. So I reckon we could make a movie. I don't know. But it would definitely be a really good thing to do. And we and if there's ever like a project, a pair of projects in film, we are bound to pair up with one another because I think we would make such a good film. Maybe sometimes do that thing where directors get in front of the camera and try and act. I don't have that much experience in acting. I might have to act um, my friend in drama before we know to help me. To be, I can't promise, I can't really say I'm going to be in Hollywood because no one ever knows. But it would literally be a dream if I could ever work in Hollywood, even if it's not even directing at first, because I know that I'm, I'm not that naive. So even if it's doing something as set runner as soon as I can drive and get a driver's license I'm 100% applying for production assistant jobs and set runner jobs so just to try and work my way up there yeah I just love hearing how um you just know what you want you're like yeah I'm gonna make a movie I'm gonna become a runner uh because that's what you got to do I think the most important thing you can ever do in this industry is start doing it and as people have heard you have a great taste in music uh music in movies and you can actually uh if you are listening you can go and watch aftermath i'll make sure to link it down below support ellie support her work and you know reach out to her where can they reach out to you ellie um instagram i'm literally instagram is like open 
everything's always open, always open to opportunities. Uh, LinkedIn, I have a LinkedIn profile as well. And I'm always active on social media all the time. So uh, like typical 16 year old girl, always on social media. But yeah, film, the film I defo, definitely did not think it was gonna get. It's like at 300 views now. And I literally, had, I, I had to, I had to put it on YouTube because everyone did. But afterwards, I literally put on my social media, I was like, I've got a film, if I want to go watch it, then go watch it. So I was like, and then I looked the other day, it said 300. I was like, 300 people have watched it. I was like, I mean, I was like, at first it had like 67 people. So I was really shocked. And my teacher watched it as well. They were like, um, they were just like, how have you got? 200 at that point was like 250 I was like you tell me I was like I, I was like I mean my dad put it on Facebook but I didn't think it was gonna get more than 100 at most so it was like a shock when I said when it said 300 I was like wow I didn't expect that congrats congrats that's so awesome well uh you know Ellie thank you so much for coming on and best of luck with everything you've got coming near you thank you Thank you for the um, chat today.